Welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And I'm Caleb. Uh, hello, hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Today we've got a very special guest, a singer, actor, Broadway star, narrator oh, yeah. of books, Leslie McDonald. Hey. Hey. A good friend, friend of ours. Good friend of ours. Good friend of ours. Yeah. Friend of that mine. wasn't what you're supposed to say. <laughs> you're just supposed to say, you're supposed to say former of friend, <laughs> narrator of lesbian books. Okay. He went off script. Yeah. He went off script. My apologies. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. And uh, this is your pick this go around. Yeah. You want to tell us what it is? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a soundtrack none of us would have uh, thought of doing until Leslie suggested yeah. it. <laughs> Never. It's Pulp Frick Fiction? Pulp Fiction. It? Okay, yeah. It's yeah. a 90s movie. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Uh, what year is this from? 1994. 94. I saw it on Christmas Day. Really Did you put really? you in the Christmas spirit. Ooh. Did you see it in theaters? Yeah. Oh, wow. How was that? <laughs> it was great. I have a very, you like? know how certain... How was that? <laughs> How was that? <laughs> yeah, it's a real, real holiday holiday cheer kind of movie. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was there with my high school boyfriend, and he was dipping the whole time. Oh, no. So, like, oh, nice. anytime I watch that movie now, I have this, like, really strong, like, sense memory of smelling, like, wintergreen dip. Oh, nice. Skull? Yes. Nice. Just, like, in my in oh, my yeah. nose. So, like, when I'm watching yeah, that gross. movie, that's what smell goes with it. Golly. I thought you were going to say, like... So romantic, isn't it? You reached for, like, what you thought oh, was God. your soda. Oh, God. It was like that, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. Was this a soundtrack that you owned? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, CD? I, I own this soundtrack as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I must have had it on CD. I did, too. I had, like, a, a Tarantino compilation of, like, songs that were in Tarantino films, but I think he'd only put out... His first two or yeah. maybe Reservoir three. Dogs? I think it was Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, maybe some songs from True Romance or something. Oh, True Romance was before that too, yeah. Uh, which he didn't direct, but or probably didn't even uh, music direct, so it was a little bit strange. But uh, yeah, so I know all these songs. It's a good soundtrack. So good. Well, yeah, speaking of which, I guess maybe we should, we should jump right in. Yeah. Jump right in. Track one is Dick Dale and his Deltones Woo! with Mizirlu. Very nice. Turn up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is like, I feel like any kid that was in high school in the 90s that was like in drama club, this was like their <laughs> biggest turn up song. You know? <laughs> You're like walking in a party with all your drama club friends and like imagining that song playing. Yeah. It's, I mean, so he used this in the, this is like when the credits roll, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has the, the little pre credit scene and then it like kicks straight into this. It's iconic. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a... It's kind of a cover. It's like a traditional, like Eastern Mediterranean song, hmm. um, old folk song, or may- maybe it's just a Black Eyed Peas song. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. I get confused. God, they ruined, they ruined <laughs> the song for me. All I can think of is louder, <laughs> the, the, the shameless sampling that the that Will I Am was involved with at that time is so bad. God. <laughs> I saw um, the Black Eyed Peas perform at the Super Bowl in 2011. 
Oh, lucky. Uh, don't remember who won the Super Bowl, but I remember the Black Eyed Peas. Remember, remember when Fergie sang the national anthem? Yeah. The oh, basketball yeah. Game? Ooh, that great. is one of the wildest. It's a little squirrely. Ever, I just saw that recently. Watch job. It's and insane. All, and all the warriors are like trying not to laugh. Like, just, the camera goes to them and they're just trying. They're like, don't laugh, don't laugh. Yeah. I think it was like in the finals, too. Or, you know, it was, it was like, like they fight. Yeah. It was an important game. And when you can, game. like, if you think about if you're an athlete at the top of your game, you've been like working your entire life and the type of like training you have to do and you have to be in a headspace where like this is like one of the most important nights of my life and then something happens before the game that you lose your shit laughing. That's like that's uh, something else. Losing focus. It's, there's no eye of the tiger when fucking Fergie hits the mic. Also, rest uh, in peace to uh, Dick Dale who just oh, passed yeah. away this March. Yeah, yeah, in March. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. sad. Um, Surf rock pioneer. I watched cool. a couple of his videos, and man, this dude shreds. This is pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I don't want to like burn up uh, my three surf rock facts in the first song, because we're going to have to rely <laughs> on it. We're going to have to lean on pretty heavy, but Dick Dale is like one of the best. Mm-hmm. Is he like a rockabilly-looking kind of guy? or? Yeah, they're dressing just like... It's kind of clean like, cut back yeah, in the day. Mm-hmm. Just like the Beatles. Like, a little yeah, bit okay. of like a Roy Orbison, maybe, okay. type yeah. of... Mm-hmm. But he, he also like uh, worked to develop different amps and stuff. I think in in the time and that he was like trying to get a certain uh, live guitar sound out of electric guitar that uh, wasn't available with the with the gear that he had. So yeah, one of the first people to rock the Fender Strat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty badass. Pretty badass guy. R.I.P. Dick Dale. Yeah. R.I.P. Pour one out for you. <laughs> Guys, track two is not a song. We have some dialogue. This is Honey Samuel Jackson and oh. John Travolta delivering Royale with Cheese. Mm. But you know the funniest thing about Europe is? What? It's the little differences. I mean, they got the same shit over there that they got here, but it's just, just there, it's a little different. Example. All right, well, you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like an old paper cup, I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Well, Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> what do they call a Whopper? I don't know, I didn't go on a Burger King. You know what they put on french fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise. Hey. <laughs> I've seen him do it, man. They fucking drown him in his shit. Is John Travolta doing a Matthew McConaughey <laughs> throughout this whole movie? Yeah. I feel like Is they were it? like, can you sound urban? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh. Uh, Remember that this was like a really yeah, huge yeah. comeback moment for him? We were, this yeah. Movie? Like, we didn't even know who he was when this movie came uh, out. Like, I mean, I, I knew him from the Look Who's Talking films, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. Look yeah. Who's Talking. Yeah. We were talking earlier before we recorded. On the rewatch, it's a little shocking to me that this was Travolta's like resurrection role, in that he's kind of the worst part of the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty good. I, I, thought, he was, I thought he was good. Yeah. I maybe like I was saying, or maybe it's because I've become inundated with what Travolta has become, and so like all of his like weird mannerisms that are now yeah, super now exaggerated. You're, now you're imagining like Face Off and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, Face Off was still prime Travolta. I'm talking about the the gaudy Travolta phenomenon. Uh, 
Michael. <laughs> These are my favorites. Michael. Michael. Oh, yeah. Wait, Michael. Phenomenon is Michael. a film? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah. know what that is. Phenomenon is like he sees he an a, alien. He has brain cancer, and so he becomes a genius or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Typical. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. It was like K-Pax before K-Pax. Oh, sort of. Uh, swordfish? I don't know if you guys... <laughs> Password Swordfish, yeah. Oh, yeah, that terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of wasted his comeback. He did this like awesome movie that made him seem so cool. And then he was like, you know how I'm going to use this fame? Face off. Face off. <laughs> Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> the Vanity Project. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what has he? What has he done since? Is this? What's the second coolest role post Pulp Fiction that he's done? Has he done anything else? I think he squandered his comeback. Uh, yeah. He did primary Listeners, primary colors where he was playing the the Bill Clinton uh, role. Like, was it something Stanton? Oh yeah, uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, Lizzie I need Bill to Clinton. see a list. I don't know. I can't remember anything <laughs> yeah, I know. now that he's been in. <laughs> Uh, hairspray. Hairspray. That's oh, the answer. Oh, he was That's very bad in that. He was <laughs> very bad in that. Stinky. Stinky. Stink, stink. <laughs> As you know, I did that show for two and a half years. Oh, okay. 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 I was too. I was Luann and one of the nicest kids in town. On and Broadway. that part is supposed to be a drag queen. Yeah. That's the whole, it's like this iconic drag role. Yeah. So, like, first of all, to cast a straight man is really weird. Yeah. And it's also, to cast a straight man, that's John Travolta being like, hey, hoy. Like, it's really weird, bad Baltimore accent. It was just, what are you guys doing? So bizarre. So bizarre. John Waters is just, like, rolling his eyes. <laughs> Whatever. It's not the same when it's a, a closeted movie star. It's not oh, right. <laughs> the journal. Oh, wow. yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Well, he's a Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Uh, let's listen to track three. This is Cool in the Gang with Jungle Boogie. I think this is Cool in the Gang's uh, maybe first appearance on track listing, but the uh, the singer of Cool in the Gang, James uh, J.T. Taylor, oh, yeah, uh, made an uh, appearance on a, a previously unreleased episode. Uh, uh, where Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2 with his song The Promised Land. You know, James J.T. What does that J.T. stand for? Jonathan is that Taylor. also James, James Taylor? Taylor. James it's Taylor. James, James Taylor. It's James James Taylor Taylor. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, James, James, Taylor. James Taylor Taylor. <laughs> yeah, James James Taylor Taylor. <laughs> this is off of that uh, Cool in the Gang record. That's I think it's the same one as Hollywood Swing. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Swingin'. Mm-hmm. Uh, great album. Um, a lot of funk around this period, I feel like, is it was kind of ruined for me because it was always in weird advertisements when I was like a teenager. Not weird, and it was like a. Like Honda, Honda summer sale days or whatever, and it was always like get so, down, yeah, on a Honda Core, yeah, come on, jungle boogie down to the, and you're like, oh no, jungle boogie down. Uh, so you're always like, what does this band think of this? Yeah. They're using this yeah. cash yeah. sofa, uh, sitting on cash. 
I like to think that I've crawled my way back to like being able to listen to these funk classics like without those connotations. But the song's really good and really ridiculous. And good. I love how they use it in the movie because I mean, this movie is so about the music, mm-hmm. yeah. and they use it in different ways to like set the mood in a new scene. They'll turn on a new song, but this one is actually when he's like turning the dial on the radio. Yeah, and it goes to this in the opening credits. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you don't he- you don't see it. Yeah, on you screen, don't see it. But you you hear just hear the- the- and then the next. Scene you see as them in the cars. So yeah, yeah. Cool. talking about Royals with cheese. Mm-hmm. Royal with cheese, man. <laughs> um, Chris and I both saw the new Tarantino film Once Upon a Time. Oh, what'd you think? It. It's it's pretty good, but the best thing about it is that it's all about the radio, where it's mm-hmm. all about like what it was like in 1969 in L.A. to be driving around. Everybody's listening to the same radio, and it's like it's got a bunch of interstitials of actual DJs from the time. Oh, cool. The, yeah, the music's great. We'll we'll have to do that soundtrack sometime. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 34 tracks long. Might have to split it in two. Where do you feel like it lies in the list of best Tarantino Um, films? Films, uh, you know, probably in the lower end. Like it's it's a little bit baggy, um, but it's it's kind of nice and it's a little bit more naturalistic. It it seems like a movie that Quentin Tarantino made for himself. And I was kind of like, well, why am I watching this? (laughs) He's like, it's filled with homages and stuff that like I I'm not privy to. Right. So I don't know, but I I, I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It, it drags a bit, but let's listen to uh, track four, real classic here. This is Al Green with "Let's Stay Together." I'm so Yeah, Al Green. That song has been used all over the place, I would say. Um, but you guys may remember, or how could you forget the Capital One commercial with Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson singing Let's Stay Together. No. Uh, <laughs> so in love with you. No. Oh, yeah, it gets better. Whatever you want to do. He's not bad. He's all right with me. This is for a like a credit card. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It's like a weird ad. It's got a little bit more of a Bill Withers voice. Uh, Al Green. Al Green's one of my favorite singers. That's probably my favorite Al Green song. It's one of my favorite songs of all time, actually. Um, kind of the pinnacle of his his high records run. Super good. That's the the scene where Vin- Travolta and and, uh, oh. and Bruce Willis run into each other at the bar and hate each other immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you hate each other yeah, at yeah. first glance. That's like a, my friend doesn't like you. But also, you don't you don't realize why yet, but Travolta's, like, dressed in, he's got, like, a t-shirt and shorts, and he's yeah, in this, yeah, like, yeah. so he looks like, and with the haircut, he looks, like, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I would, I don't think I would like Travolta at that point either. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> well, I also read some trivia that there's, like, that part where Travolta has his car that he loves, and he's like, yeah, and someone keyed it. I wish I could catch the motherfucker who did that, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, in, Travol- in um, Tarantino's mind, it was 
it was Bruce Willis after that first meeting. Oh, he like right. goes yeah. outside. Goes He's down. they never say that, but that oh, that was the idea. I, yeah. Oh man, that's great. And he does kill him. Yeah, and he does kill him. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> shoots him on the toilet. Or no, <laughs> Bruce Willis Bruce wins. Kills yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, Ving Rhames. It starts Ving Rhames talking to Bruce Willis about pride, fucking with him. Oh him. yeah. Mm-hmm. When you see the bandaid on the back of his head. Yeah. Which there was like a fan theory that. It's because when someone gets their soul sucked out of their body, yeah, it's the, through the back of their neck. And there's neck. The, the briefcase with the glow that never shows what's in there. But Tarantino's like, no, he cut himself shaving his head. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think if you, I think Ving Rhames has a scar back there you see in like every movie or something. Oh yeah, it's just it looked gross on film. Yeah, so. no, it was distracting. <laughs> I will say that shot of just like it's you don't even see Marcellus Wallace for like. Like four minutes, and then it's just like Bruce Willis's face. And he's not even talking. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, yeah, it's cool I, I, yeah, I had forgot about that one. I, I don't, don't think you see Marcellus's face for like half the movie. I don't think you, yeah. yeah, until Bruce Willis sees him at the crosswalk yep. and hits him with the car. Oh whoa! Is I think the that's first the first time, time, time you see his face, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and that's so it's supposed to like, into, like the gag ball part. It's supposed to build into the reveal where you like it takes you a second to realize why he just like runs down some guy in the street. Which that was a shot taken from. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, like oh. um, I think Psycho. No, anyway, some Alfred Hitchcock movie. No, Quentin's original man. He yeah. doesn't have any influences at all. <laughs> I will say that uh, Al Green's song "Let's Stay Together" has been one of the most requested songs when I've DJed at weddings in the past. Yeah, and it's like on the sixth or seventh time that it gets requested, I'm like, again? Like mm-hmm. we can't, we can't listen to it again. Yeah. It's it's too many times. As Leslie said, baby making music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. Back People in my, of all ages puts them in the mood. Yeah. That was back in my DJ days. Uh, that was definitely a good oh. Let's cut back to yeah. Chris's DJ days. So, for a second. <laughs> fraternity and sorority parties. Play oh, one no. week. <laughs> Do you have any bare naked ladies? <laughs> Let's listen to track number five. This is the Tornadoes with Bustin' Surfboards. Now, Caleb, you said you had three surf rock facts. So, what's number two? <laughs> I might have exaggerated. Hey. I think I have one. That was about to kill. Uh, I, I like it for so, surfers. So he's using uh, a lot of this instrumental surf rock from the what is it, late fifties, early sixties? Yeah, um, I think that's right. Kind of in place of a score, like, and it works. It works amazing. Like, you know, it sets a tone for the whole film. Yeah, the Tornadoes were a uh, studio band put together by Joe Meek. I don't know if you know Joe Meek. Uh, I know him from like the audio engineering world. He helped pioneer reverb and like overdubbing. He was the guy to try a lot of stuff for the first time. Uh, super cool dude, um, but also went super crazy later in his life. Really paranoid. Um, you know, thought people were spying on him. And he ended up uh, shooting his uh, landlord with a shotgun that he took from the bassist for the tornadoes and then shot himself. Oh. Yeah. Kind of a downer. Oh, thanks. That's a real Robert Durr situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real nutty. But, uh, but he's very well respected in the audio community for his, like, you know, his pioneering uh, technology. So it's, it's very bizarre. 
But yeah, Joe Meek. Uh, hmm. Yeah. The Tornadoes also had a number one song called uh, Telstar uh, in the 60s. Oh, yeah, Telstar. Telstar. That Do whole you album. know that, Nick, or are you lying? It is good. I have heard okay. it before. It's a yeah. good song. Yeah. yeah. Underground British rock. Little wink there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Let's listen to track number six. This is Ricky Nelson with Lonesome Town. Going down to Lonesome Town Where the broken heart stays Going down to Lonesome Town To cry my troubles away In the town of broken the streets are filled with there we go, Ricky. Yeah, yeah Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Love that song. It is very beautiful. It's very hypnotizing. Uh-huh. It's playing during dinner uh, where Mia and Vincent are, they had just placed their orders and he's rolling a cigarette. Right, because isn't the guy who's on stage singing when they come in supposed, isn't he pretending to be Ricky Nelson? Yeah. Is that who he's pretending to be? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Ricky Nelson was kind of like one of the earliest uh, child TV slash pop stars. It was, uh, his his parents were the Ozzie and Harriet, the Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. It was, oh, like, wow. it was like a radio show that became a TV show and their real kids played their fictional kids or whatever. Uh, and then he became a pop star kind of for a while, was rivaling uh, Elvis in popularity. And... Mm-hmm. I think he died in a plane crash, but his kids are Nelson, the band yeah. Nelson, oh. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. which is super weird. Play the track, Nick. Nelson. <laughs> uh, you know how it goes. <laughs> Everyone knows how it goes. <laughs> well, on the cat yeah. three. <laughs> They're the ones with the crazy blonde hair. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the yeah, long, yeah. like insane, insane looking haircuts. <laughs> Real bad music, Nelson. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Poor Nelson. <laughs> But hot twins, yeah. yeah. When did that become the thing? Like everyone's gonna get the same haircut in the band. <laughs> Maybe I should try that. With Ten Commandments. Worked for the mop tops, man. Yeah, man. That's the secret sauce right there. Same hair. I think if you if you have twins, then you're obligated to look the same. Like yeah. uh, the Proclaimers look the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tegan and Sarah look exactly the same. You can't. You can't like. Yeah, people just get pissed off if you're twins and you don't look alike. It's like, oh, yeah. come on. Mom. At least dress the same. So Lucas Idiots. Brothers, yeah. Mumford and Sons, all those sons, yeah. identical. Those sons. <laughs> also, I think we should make it a, a habit to just say how everybody died. Um, I, this that's, that's healthy. Yeah. There was a... Nelson not dead, yeah. right? It Dick must Dale. have been Nelson. insane, yeah. like that period in the, I guess... I don't know if it was early seventies where it seems like ev- like everyone died in a plane. Everybody, crash. if it's like your favorite musical artist, was probably gonna die in like a small plane crash. <laughs> like, in their twenties. Yeah, how many people went down? It was crazy. Golly, I think it was just like uh, planes weren't that great. Yeah, and like like uh, uh, radios <laughs> weren't that great either, and so. But rock stars at the time were like, I can have a private plane. Yeah. Oh well, then that will make me feel. Well, really it was probably cool. really affordable. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan. Free market. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aaliyah. Uh, Denver. John Denver. Uh-huh. Otis Redding. Um, John, Rich, John Richie Denver, Valens. Denver. Richie Valens. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Uh-huh. The Big Bopper. Big Bopper. The day the music died. 
That's what they say. (laughs) (laughs) So, who's our next dead artist? Um, Well, yeah, on a positive note, Dusty Springfield, actually. Oh, great. With Son of a Preacher Man. And when his daddy would visit, he'd come along When they gather around and started talking That's when Billy would take me walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he'd look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher Very nice. Oh, that song's so good. Love that mm-hmm. song. That whole album, uh, Dusty in Memphis. Yeah. Very, very good. So Dusty is British. Um, which is like, I always say she has kind of like the Rick Astley syndrome where yeah. she sounds like a, like a white, like a black woman from Georgia. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I sang this song recently at a singing gig I did in Austin and I read about her that they called her blue eyed soul. Yeah. Well, that's a whole genre. That's right. like the Rod Stewart, uh, Hall and Oates. Yeah. Well, yeah. when they were asking me to, it's like, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of covers are you doing? I'm like, you know, like. Blue-eyed soul. <laughs> I was like, I don't have blue eyes. It's kind of a racist term, actually. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so a lot of her, uh, a lot of her catalog is kind of more in the realm of like the Phil Spector, like kind of wall of sound, a lot yeah, of strings yeah, yeah. in the background. This was the one record that she cut in the states, and so it's like even. That's why it sounds even more like kind of a. It's not Motown because it was done in Memphis, but. Uh, it's probably, I mean, it's obviously her best record. I think her name... Uh, I, like I saw an off-Broadway Annie, musical Annie about O'Neil, her life. Annie O'Neill, something like that. Yeah, it's not Dusty Springfield. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> It's essentially she has a name that's like the the British version of what an American name is. Mary oh. Isabel Catherine Benedict O'Brien. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fancy, Wait, fancy. No, I saw there's an off-Broadway musical called Forever Dusty oh. about her life. And one of my friends played Dusty. Mm-hmm. And my other friend played her lesbian lover. I did not know that Dusty Springfield was yeah. kind of later lesbian. She like was Ooh. married, I think, and then and then and started I, liking the ladies. Then mm-hmm. like the ladies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I always I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast, but like Dusty Springfield, I think it's like a thirty eight special type guy. <laughs> like some southern rocker from the seventies. When I hear the name Dusty Springfield, right. you're like, huh. What do you what do you play like uh, you know, Baby come rack round the mountain or something like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 38 special. That makes me think of the uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2 soundtrack. Ooh. I think that's where I first oh, heard them. Up next. Gotta yeah. do it. Gotta do it. Uh, up next, we've got the Centurions with Bullwinkle Part 2. More surf rock. 
from Tarantino and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> These surf guys, uh, I like how creative they got with their titles, their song titles, because it's all, it's all instrumental. Like, I remember there was the Link Ray song, it was like Jack the Ripper, and then there was another one, I can't remember what it's called, and it's the exact same song, but it's just a different title. Yeah. It's like Bullwinkle Part 2. It's like they're just... <laughs> It's like rummaging through their it's like, kids' comics mm-hmm. and stuff. It's like it doesn't matter what it's called. It's just like we have to remember. It's just something on the set list. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa, guys. Looks oh. like we have some breaking news that just came in. Oh. All right. Woodstock 50 has been canceled. Oh. <laughs> I, did, I read that. I read that. Let's, no! cu- let's cut right to the soundbite that we've got here. It just keeps getting worse for Woodstock 50. There will be no Santana um, because the festival is canceled. No! So the 50th anniversary of Woodstock was supposed to happen this month. The timing was right, but the financing, the location, it was problem after problem. Huge names had already signed on, mind you, to perform. Like Jay-Z, Chance the Rapper, Miley Cyrus. Organizers now say they hope that people people will still carry the spirit of the original Woodstock <laughs> oh, in their heart and love. Is Billy McFarlane involved in this? Oh, Who was that newscaster? Yeah. Yeah. She sounded a little wily. <laughs> yeah. It's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> if only there was a music festival people could go to. I know. Gosh, it's not enough these days. <laughs> Sorry, all the people that were excited to see Santana and the Killers, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, how are we going to celebrate the spirit of Woodstock without <laughs> yeah. Miley Cyrus? It's insane. And it was, they were going to play. Imagine Dragons. Uh, at the, uh, what was it, the Meriwether Post Pavilion, right? Yeah, they had gotten turned down for a few different places. And then uh, Meriwether is a 20,000 person yeah. venue. So they were like, well, we'll just do a small thing. <laughs> That didn't even happen. Everyone pulled out. Yeah, it's like Wayne. I don't do a small thing. Yeah, (laughs) dude, the the bar is getting set so low for putting together music festivals. Just say you're gonna do it. Yeah, people are just like, we just say, and then if it doesn't work out, as long as we don't like fail as bad as Fire Fire Festival, Festival. people will forget about it in like a month. I I think something with the money for this festival that they had gotten together, uh, being an escrow, all the artists that uh, were on are getting paid. Millions and millions of dollars. Oh, no. So they've paid oh out all they, like, you know, it's like 50, 60 million dollars that is, uh, you know, having to get paid out to those artists. You're telling me Greta Van Fleet ah, <laughs> doesn't even have to Damn play? <laughs> what a relief. Oh, man. Amigo well, the Devil was going to perform. No one knows who that is. He's, uh, it's the tiny script at the bottom. Yeah. I'm looking at all the names. Soccer Mommy. I've heard of them. Oh, yeah. 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 Dorothy. Who could forget? <laughs> James Edward, Taylor Taylor. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic <laughs> Taylor, Zero is back. Oh, man. Dude, that's well, the thing is that 50 years from now, everybody's going to say that they were at that show. <laughs> well, I carried out. The I Black Keys there. did not get paid. I read that today <laughs> because they pulled out too early. <laughs> and I was so happy. Yeah. Uh, the Vendetta. Well, the uh, Bullwinkle Part 2, uh, getting back to the soundtrack, uh, yeah. was, uh, that was playing during the, the heroin drive. Yes. John Travolta's. You know, on the, the shadows on the keep coming off and on his face. Yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think if Tarantino was like, no, more subdued, more subdued. You're supposed to be on heroin all the time, and so like maybe that was his like. Yeah, all right. Apparently, he was like, "Well, I've never done heroin. What does it feel like?" And he's like, "Well, ask my friend who's an ex-heroin addict." And so John Travolta like had a meeting with the guy, and he's like, "Imagine that you just got like totally ripped on tequila, and then you lay down in a hot pool." <laughs> and you'll just start to understand what it feels like to be on heroin. So he like invited his wife to a hotel 
and they got in a hot tub and drank a whole bottle of tequila. Whoa, oh, nice. That's a, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah, I know. Can I get some water? Just imagine you've been sleeping on sandpaper. Oh, yeah. Nice. Let's listen to track nine. This is Chuck Berry making a first appearance on track listing with You Never Can Tell. Yeah, Chuck Berry. Chuck Ooh, Berry. I saw him live. Invented rock and roll. This is the uh, the twist contest. Scene, yes, at Jackrabbit Slims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a. I don't know if this is a fan theory or if this is like a little like. Apparently, when Bruce Willis is like running through the apartment complex, you can hear on the radio that somebody stole the trophy from the Jackrabbit Slims contest. So they actually didn't win, but Mm. later you see Mia Wallace with Mm -hmm. the trophy in her hand when they return. (laughs) But it actually it does make more sense that you know, coked out and heroin dancing didn't win the twist contest. He's the star of Saturday Night Fever. I know, I know. And actually, do you know that their twist dance is the exact move for move dance from Eight and a Half? Exactly. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. Yeah. a lot from Eight and a Half. They did the exact dance. Hmm. She was. uh, They were ripping off the Aristocats dance. Huh. Apparently Uma Thurman was like, you know, they like told her to watch that, and she's dancing a lot like that. But she also told Tarantino. Like, uh, apparently, she told um, or Uma told Tarantino that the song didn't work for the scene, and he was like, "It's perfect. Just trust me." Yeah, yeah. She was like, "This song sucks for this scene. Why are you playing this song?" It's that, and then the, also they they bit off a bit of uh, Batman uh, from the nineteen sixty four. Uh, movie with Adam West doing like the little eye. Oh, moves. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite, like before this, when they do like the establishing scene to show the whole restaurant, yeah. they do it in this genius way. Or I say they, it's Quentin Tarantino. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Vega is, he's so high that he, when they're leading him to the table, he goes the wrong way and he mm-hmm. just wanders all the way around like the restaurant so you get to see the entire scene. And then she's like, Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> I, I remember as a kid being like so shocked that the main character like dies in this movie. Yeah. But like watching it as an adult, he's he's just begging for it the whole time. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. this guy's, I mean, there's like uh, there's like certain kind of hints about how he had well, he had to leave the states for a while. He had to like go to Europe and cool kind his of, heels a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of hinted that he just he was getting so strung out and sloppy that like he like killed the wrong person or something. No, jeez. Oh, well, I know like, you know, he's on the toilet all the time and apparently that's a symptom of uh like opioids and stuff like that and mm-hmm. heroin use is that you're always like like trying to take a shit all the time. Well, he had a book with him. Yeah. When he got know. killed. That's yeah. that's a long poo-poo. I know. <laughs> that's a long poo-poo. <laughs> You guys have any uh, hard feelings on Chuck Berry? I saw him live. Uh, he was amazing. Did yeah. you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He was yeah, kind of problematic later in his life. Later? Well, well maybe a, his whole life. As a teenager, he mm. went to jail for a few years for carjacking. Uh, yeah. 
later on for uh, transporting a minor across state lines. Installing uh, cameras in a female uh, restroom. Yeah, what? Talking about, talking his, about his restaurant that he owned. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What? Did you not know this? Yeah, he's talking about, about poopy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about poopy. Uh, yeah, he put like video cameras in the toilets of like the ladies' Ew. restrooms. Bleeding edge like, technology. At his like family restaurant. Why do you want to see that? I don't know. Like maybe a changing room, but a toilet. His defense was that uh, he he put it in there because someone in the restaurant he thought was stealing something. Yeah. Uh, a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Security. I have to see people take poops. <laughs> I was watching a clip of him today with uh, it's for a uh, documentary called Hail Hail uh, Rock and Roll. It was made later in his life, and he's uh, rehearsing for the concert with Keith Richards. And uh, Steve Jordan is the drummer, and he's trying to teach Keith Richards this particular guitar riff, and Keith Richards is not getting it right. <laughs> yeah, and it oh, gets God. heated, and he he keeps stopping the songs. He's like, "You want to get it right? Now get it right." <laughs> And Steve Jordan's just like, <sighs> <laughs> and then you know they once they finally do it, uh, he just doesn't let Keith Richards play the riff or lead off the song and oh just takes gosh. over. And he's like, I get to lead it. It's pretty insane. So I almost met Keith Richards on Saturday. Oh, my friend Sasha is an amazing singer. I've known her for a long, long time. Shout out to Sasha. Sasha hey. Allen, everybody. Sasha Allen, look her up. Um, she's on tour with them. Uh, she sings Gimme Shelter with Mick Jagger Whoa. on the runway as the encore. It was incredible to see wow. one of your friends doing that. Um, so I was like hanging out with her before while she was getting ready in her dressing room. And Keith Richards' dressing room was right across the hall from hers. And the door was open and he has one of those like candlelight vigil things that you like, you know. <laughs> of course. Meditate. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, ooh, candlelight vigil. She's like, he can hear you. <laughs> the door's open. He's sitting right inside there. I was like, oh, okay, well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, "Yeah, he came out right after you. Oh, <laughs> you almost met him." Like, oh, well. Ships passing in the night. <laughs> oh, man. Let's jump into track ten. We've got "Urge Overkill" with "Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon." Girl, best song on the album, I think. You'll be a woman soon. I love you so much, can't count all the ways I died for you, girl, and all they can say is he's not your kind. We never get tired of putting it down, and I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them break up your mind. Don't you know, Very nice cover of the Neil Diamonds there. And uh, that helped launch their career. Urge Overkill? Urge Overkill. Urge Overkill's career. Yeah, I mean, this is the only song I can remember of theirs. Yeah. And um, it's, it stays pretty true to the Neil Diamond version. Just yeah. Just a little bit heavier, maybe. And I think, like, the Neil Diamond version didn't really do much. Nah. That guy, like, wrote so many songs, and then they were, like... Neil N.D. Diamond. Yeah. Neil Neil Diamond. <laughs> Neil Neil Diamond. <laughs> uh, it's, um, I'm sure in the 70s it was a totally acceptable song, and in the 90s we didn't really think about it, but that is the creepiest fucking song. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> You'll be a woman. That's what Chuck Berry was singing when he like <laughs> installed the cameras. Humming <laughs> 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 to him. right. <laughs> it to himself as he's like screwing oh, it up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do that bit. That's a bit. That's a bit. Oh god. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's whistling it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm not criticizing it at all in the movie. Like, it works perfectly. This is a this is a dark movie. This is a movie with darkness in it. Um, the darkness, and I don't really, you know, it's it's a, I don't know, as a as a song to cover, but to write that song, <laughs> that's the weird part. Yeah, because mm-hmm. mm. he he was probably in his 40s or 50s. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. This is, uh, this is when uh, Mia Wallace does. You know, they've they've returned. Oh, from, uh, Yeah, yeah. This is when she the finds I that. I don't understand is that he's giving himself a pep talk right in the bathroom. Yeah, he's like, just have one drink, and then go. Yeah, just be one. Have one drink, be polite, and then go. But then he comes in and he's like, all right, I'm gonna take off. Yeah. So we don't see him decide not to have a drink and stay. Yeah. I think it's just like time passed and he's like, you know what? I gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't want to get killed. But then she's already like foamed so much and like, yeah. th- like a lot of time passed. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I always thought the same thing. Like he must have just been in that bathroom for like 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes and then like, oh, oh man, I'm spaced. <laughs> just like... But the song's still playing. Yeah. So it's can't be that long. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But I, I constantly have like. I think when the second she snorts that stuff and then she does like the nose rub, mm-hmm. I have like the, the sense, like, uh, I can f- just feel that, like, ah, like, she's like, that's not cocaine, nose. that's not cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, yikes. Well, they do a lot of like really good foreshadowing where there's like a reason they like, it's supposed to be in a balloon if it's heroin, but he's out of balloons. So there's like all this stuff, like reasons why mm-hmm. uh, she would mistake it. And like, it's Jody, a- give me a baggie. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Yeah, Eric so Stoltz. good as a drug You want to you want to hang out and like hang out with uh, what's her name? He's like the one with all the shit in her face. He's like, no, that's my wife. He's <laughs> like, that's my fucking wife. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Eric Stoltz had a career after getting cut from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> Eric Stoltz. Okay, so he's not. Uh, this is not his first track listing movie. He was in Rules of Attraction. Yeah, it's the creepy professor. Yeah. We've got Steve Buscemi in his, I think, maybe third track listing appearance. Buscemi, Buscemi. Buscemi, Buscemi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it must have been one of his very first things, because I don't think he would have accepted a two-line waiter role after that. Well, he was you? in Reservoir Dogs in like a much larger role. Yeah, I yeah. think he was like you know, sure, doing do a cameo it. for yeah. his old buddy Quentin, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There, like, uh, Luke Perry came in. As he's an actor in a TV show, and you you never see the actor that he's playing. He's only inside the TV show for oh, like a scene. Well, I was looking for him the whole time because he you know he just died recently, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "What? Luke Perry's in this movie? His name's like in the uh, the opening title credits." Um, yeah, he's in the the when uh, when they're shooting the TV scene where he's got the little girl on his lap. Yeah, and the the guy comes in with a cane who's like. Trying to get his daughter back, oh whatever. Oh my god, that's yeah. Luke Perry? Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even put it together. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, there's so many cameos. He's dead too. He's Everyone dead. we talk about tonight. Oh, oh man. Mm. God. I heard an interview today. It was uh, Quentin Tarantino talking about um, Reservoir Dogs, but he, he just refers to it as dogs. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're making dogs. He's got that weird voice. And, or he would say Reservoir Dogs. He would put the emphasis. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I, I love that when... Um, that was a really bad Tarantino impression. I just feel like he always goes, okay, well, uh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. All right, like at the end man, of you know. Yeah. Well. So we're shooting dogs, okay. <laughs> I do love that like Hollywood talk when they're like, uh, yeah, so when I did, um, 
you know, angels, angels in the outfield. You know, redemption, Sha- Shawshank redemption. Uh, and then when we did pirates uh, of the Caribbean. <laughs> Actually, did you know that Shawshank came out the same day as Pulp Fiction? Oh, wow. no, I did not. Pretty good go. day for movies. On the balls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Early. I mean, that was a good year. That was a good year yeah. in general. 94. Yeah, I was in uh, third grade. It was awesome. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> you saying, yeah, my brother, uh, my, I guess my brother was staying with my aunt, and um, she, he was like, I think 11 at the time, and she was like, yeah, you can pick a movie out if you want. He was like, what about Pulp Fiction? Because it was like right there, and she's like, do your mom and dad, would they let you watch that? And he was like, of course. And then, like, you know, she got in trouble for letting an 11-year-old watch, like, oh, no. some uh-huh. very intense scenes. And then he came home and explained the whole movie. Oh. And I was, like, eight. And he was like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I must have been 13 or 14 when I saw it. There were some scenes that stuck with me. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So good. I mean, it's funny because I... I remember, especially Marvin, the the guy who the informant get, that gets accidentally shot in the back of the car. Yeah, uh, I remember him as a yeah, cast Mad member TV. from Mad TV. Oh, yeah. So I like knew him. I think at the time when it came on, I was like, "Oh, is the guy from Mad TV?" And his head just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the UPS guy. It's his famous character. Oh, yeah. uh, and then later, uh, I mean, we'll probably get to it. But Zed, um, the actor that plays Zed, who was in Usual Suspects and a few different things. Mm-hmm. I like. I had an uncomfortable lunch where I sat next to him <laughs> in Tribeca, and he just seemed really, really creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was he eating? He's got a gimp oh, in his face. So, you know, yeah. you I think it's sushi. <laughs> oh, gross! Gross! <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to track eleven. This is Maria McKee with "If Love Is a Red Dress, Hang Me in Rags." All raw emotion on this track. That was a note, Maria. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, this is one of my favorite soundtracks, kind of an iconic soundtrack, mm-hmm. but there... Is that good singing, There Wesley? are going to be valleys in every... <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad singing. It's okay. just more of a style choice, maybe. Okay. <laughs> that's a scoop. I think that's kind of like... What a scoop. A strong style choice. But I think she has a nice voice. <laughs> Oh, that was uh, <laughs> speaking of Zed that was playing in the pawn shop. Oh, uh, when uh, yeah, a real uh, fucking sick fuck. Yeah, listen to this crazy <laughs> Melissa Etheridge knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's when they stumble in there uh, while they're fighting. Guys, I think we might have a game coming up uh, after this break. Uh, yeah, yeah. Put, break. Together, put together a little uh, edition of Vocal Fry. So mm, steal your nerves. Oh, I'm good at that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have some pizza, and uh, we'll be back with a game prepared by Caleb Brown. Yes. Okay. Stick with us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. We want to hear from you. So if you've got a soundtrack recommendation, a suggestion, a review, 
Uh, did I mispronounce something? Or uh, if you just want to hurl insults at us, or you just want to say, hey, uh, please reach out to us. You can find us on Instagram at tracklistingpodcast, Twitter at tracklistingpod, or email us tracklistingpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, why don't you tell a friend that you think might enjoy it as well? Uh, or maybe tell two. Yeah. And they tell two friends. And, and they, they tell, tell two, two friends. friends. And they <laughs> tell two friends. <laughs> That's how you start a movement. Yeah. And also, uh, if you like the recommendations we've got, uh, you can check out our official track listing playlist on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Tell tell people about the, the playlist on Spotify. And then they'll tell two friends. And, and they'll, they'll tell two friends. friends. <laughs> we love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to Track Listing. We have got a game of vocal fry prepared by our very own Caleb Brown. Hey. Yeah, before we get back to the soundtrack, I got a little uh, a little game put together here. So, Leslie, I'm going to play yes. some clips from isolated vocal tracks, and uh, you're going to try to identify what song and what artist they're oh, from. Oh, God. Okay. And I, got, I have clues to help you along. Okay. Uh, this is collaborative. If you know it right off the bat, then go ahead and uh, give the other people a chance to try to work it out. But otherwise, work as a group. All right, let's All get right. into this. Um, so the red carpet, royalty-free soundtrack. <laughs> so this uh, should theoretically go from easy to hard. So round one, you guys should get pretty quick, hopefully. So this is from 1991. Let's hear the clue. Okay, I think maybe I have an idea. I, you know I think I have an idea. Yeah, I think too. I have an idea. Let's yeah, let's yeah. get that one more time. Any better? <laughs> That's kind of what I thought too. Any better? Pearl Jam. Um, so maybe the drum track will help you. I don't know. Uh, mm. So this is a grunge track. Um, it's from a super group. Mm. Okay. Oh, Temple of the Dog, perhaps. Perhaps. Oh. Perhaps this is a hunger strike, going hungry. Mm. Mm. Yep, that's exactly this. Chris Cornell. Yeah. Chris Cornell. That's what I was going to say. I, I thought it, so when hot. you said 91, and then I heard that, I thought it was from Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Oh, that's way too early. Uh, yeah. Or uh-huh. no, excuse me. Sorry, Io Slave. Oh, okay. No, it's Show also way too early. <laughs> it's uh, so, yeah. But it sounds like. I'll say this is uh, the last clue. This is actually Eddie Vedder's first featured vocal on a record. This is actually before one. Anyways, let's hear the answer. That's Temple of the Dog. Yeah, so apparently this was recorded before Pearl Jam recorded anything. I love that. I had that album. Me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it gets real sloppy. Swamp. <laughs> Oof, man. All right, good Drain job. the swamp. Good job, everybody. <laughs> it's funny you guys got like strong Eddie Vedder vibes, even though that was Chris Cornell. But yeah. you could just you could feel them in Their the background. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was there. They're kindred spirits. All right, yeah. round two. We're going back to 1983. So let's hear the first clue. Yes, it, yes, it, yes it. <laughs> Jessup, Jessup, Jessup. Hey, how do you hear about me? Get out of the pool, Jessup. Jessup, I'm giving you guys a lot more uh, lyrics in this one than I usually do. I have no idea what that is. I think that's Axl Rose. 
Uh, let's, let's hear it low. again. 83. Alright, I think, is this the one where I gave you two separate uh, got audio two clues? clues here. Go ahead yeah, and play the second know. audio clue. Okay. Maybe it'll help you guys out a little bit. Just along, just along, up his <laughs> oh. oh, that's... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I know what it is. I, know it is. I think that's. I think that's Billy Idol. Oh. I think that's, so the I think the that's... real name of the singer is William Michael Albert Broad. <laughs> okay. Hey, Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Let's hear that uh, first one one more time yeah, with yeah. the new information. Jessup. Who's Jessup? That's my <laughs> question. Jessup. Jessup. I know the I know the song. It's kind of Billy Idol, but it sounds like someone else too. I th- uh, I think it's Billy Idol, and I think it is. Let me give you a clue here before you say okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, this the song was named after a brand of whiskey uh-huh. that the singer saw the Rolling Stones drinking a bottle of. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I know. Say it. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Come on. That's a Rebel Yell, baby. Oh Rebel yeah. yeah. All right. Let's yeah. hear the answer. <laughs> All, right. All right. Good All right. job, Chris. What's Good his job. real name again? <laughs> it's, I mean, William. It's like Dusty Springfield's name. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. They all have it's like fine English. Fine. William yeah. Michael Albert Broad. <laughs> They're all aristocrats. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I, I'm trying to think of like your. Um, like your thought process when doing this game, and you're like, ah, I bet Rebel Yell has something stupid in it that we can like, isolate. And then, like, you he just got to Jess up, and he was like, there. Yep, there we ah, go. There's the Jess up. <laughs> okay, for round three, I'm actually, uh, I think that Chris might be the one to pick up on this, but I might oh, be wrong. Uh, so, this is from 1998. This is in everybody's wheelhouse a little bit. Smash Mouth, Aerosmith, <laughs> a lot of choices. All right, let's, let's hear uh, the vocal sample. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's it. It's a nice brief one. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. Oh, pressure, pressure's <sighs> on. Sounds. Ooh, yeah. Let me hear that one more time. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I thought you guys would you pick gotta, up on the band a little okay. bit quicker. So yeah. all, all the clues are more about the song. Uh. <laughs> It was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Hard Rock Performance in 1999. Okay. I was thinking uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. So that was not. <laughs> Is it, it like. Not. I don't think he was Nine nominated. Inch Nails or something? Let's hear it again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I can hear it. It's, it's almost there. It was nominated for what? Uh, Grammy, be- for Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance. In 98. So this is a band who produced a documentary around the same uh, time. It's James okay. Hetfield. Yeah. Metallica. Okay. Metallica. Mm. okay. Yeah. So this is the third single off of the band's seventh album. So uh, play that sample again. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you can just see him smiling while he's recording. <laughs> Wait, is this from uh, Some Devil? 
This is uh, so or Saint Anger. November Rain. The seventh oh, album was. Uh, Wait, who is this? Metallica. Metallica. It was like weirdly a follow up to the sixth album that I feel like nobody asked for. <laughs> well, most fate, of their music from Black, Black was songs? the documentary, right? Uh, no, I think it was called Some Kind of Monster. Some Kind, Some of, kind of Monster. monster. It's oh, the so most hilarious Jay's documentary. They just argue. <laughs> Kurt Hammett the whole time is like, can we just get some barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, what's, what's the drummer's name and blanket on it? Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich. Yeah. Yeah. Just like <laughs> peak Napster anger. Yeah. <laughs> nah! yeah. Complaining millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. Well, one more clue. Uh, so it was used in the 2016 television advertising campaign for the Dodge Charger and Challenger, <laughs> which might give you a clue to the oh, yeah. name of the song. Uh, okay, it's like Challenge, Dodge, Dodge a Bullet, Dodge a Bullet. So, Ooh, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I know, don't know. know. All right, all right yeah, let's yeah, hear yeah. the answer. Uh, the song's called Fuel. Fuel. Uh, it was off of their album Reload, which right, was the weird because they had the successful album Load, and then they just Re- um, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. The music industry's most argumentative band. <laughs> <laughs> They're so pissed at each other. All right. Round- why do you think I would get that? I don't most? know. Metallica. Well, sounds like, don't know. put me on the spot like that again. <laughs> Chris man. is wearing a Metallica <laughs> shirt. <right now. laughs> why do you think I get what, that? What is this Metallica Day? <laughs> All right, round four. This is for, this might be a little bit difficult. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, this is not as well known, but 1994. Maybe Leslie will have a have a clue for this. Same year as Pulp Fiction. Go ahead and play the same round one. four clue. I love the. It sounds like a little 808 machine in the back. It's the uh, um, it's the gu- electric guitar is getting picked up in the vocal mic, but oh unamplified, which I really love. I love that. Stuntable pilots. Yeah, STP. That's, that's kind of what I'm I'm feeling that too. Uh, uh, what was that one song? Um. I mean, this is giving it away, but I I can't pick up on it. So this band shares its name with many albums by other bands. If you want to work that little riddle out. Can you tell us another artist that has an album? Uh, um, Like most artists have an album (laughs) with the name. What? Is, it, is the band called Greatest Hits? Yeah. <laughs> <Or> various <laughs> artists. <laughs> You're not far from it. Uh, um, this album was produced by Jerry Harrison and the Talking Heads. It doesn't really help anybody out. Also, Modern Lovers. 1994. Yeah. Vocal Fry. Yeah. Are they called? Yeah, he sounds fried. In a hit? Is he saying bad? What did you guys think he was saying? Yeah, I, I <laughs> eyeball. I'm drawing a total blank it's on this one. It's not STP. Yeah, it sounds. Of, I mean, it's of that era. I don't know. Like, all right. So the song, you could say it's a song about bad weather. I don't know if that's going to get you any closer. Storm. I, rain. Just a sea of dumbfounded faces. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of blanks. All right, let's hear the Storm? answer. Storm. 
Maybe you guys don't know this song. Oh, yeah, of course. It's uh, oh, live, live, live. Oh, wait, let's hear it. Oh, my God, I love this song. Oh, right, live. I had a live album. The Secret Samadhi or whatever it was. So, lightning crashes. Yeah. Oh, I should have gotten this. Yeah. I, think, I remember they had that song Freaks with that weird music video. Remember that? I don't remember that. I I think the guitar was throwing me off too because <laughs> mm-hmm, it does not mm-hmm. sound like what the guitar sounds like in that. Yeah, no, it sounded just, like a little like it's just what's getting picked <laughs> up of somebody, <laughs> and then like a. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So thanks for playing. Thanks for playing vocal fry. Thanks, Kayla. That was fun. Thanks, Kayla. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the soundtrack. Who, who won? Who won that? No uh, one. No. <laughs> We're all losers here. <laughs> yeah, there are no winners of Uncle Bry. <laughs> Jumping back into track 12, this is The Revels with Comanche. Guys, some, hitting some hard vibrato. Tenor sax. Trumpet fry. Yeah. I think it's new game. I think it's, <laughs> it's sax shreds. Yeah? Oh, yeah. sax. Down the, in the uh, liner notes, it says that the sa- they credited the sax soloist. Is uh, That's James Gordon blowing that horn real hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the... Uh, Tequila. Yeah, we're like still in the pawn shop. This is in the basement. Things yeah. are like that's real, real dicey. Butch has escaped, and then he's—that's when he looks at the weapons. Yeah, sees like you know what the baseball bat and the uh, chainsaw, and then he sees the katana, and he's like, "Bring oh, it, <laughs> bring it." Worst nightmare. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, a little homage or a little uh, toss forward to Kill Bill with the katana. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I also felt that when she was when they were at the restaurant in the booth in the car, and she's talking about the TV show she was on. Yeah, she's like one girl is like obsessed with knives. She's Asian and she's a kung fu. It was basically like describing all the Kill Bill, right? Oh, totally. There's yeah, the, like the Foxy Force Five. Yeah, was, uh, absolutely. Like Kill Bill, because I remember I was like, oh, who's gonna be the the knife expert or the demolitions expert, or whatever. There's like many, I was talking to Chris earlier today, there's a, in the new movie, if you stay during the credits, there's uh, an ad for Red Apple Cigarettes that um, mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio, the actor, is doing a spot for. And That's what he smokes at the bar when yeah. he meets Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And then in, uh, I was watching the other day, I was watching uh, Hateful Eight, and one of them, they mentioned uh, Red Apple Tobacco or something. Yeah. So it's like... All part of the Tarantino-verse. It's all putting it all together. It's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of impressive. I think it's cool. Yeah. What does that Tarantino sound like when he talks, Chris? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's about, like, there's violence in, like, breakfast cereals, man, okay? Like, that's what I was doing. Like, I don't... Violence in movies, it's fun. It's fun. I like feet, okay? It's just fun. I want to show feet in every one of my movies. <laughs> Where did he get? He got in trouble for uh, like forcing uh, like Uma Thurman to have to drive a car that she wasn't uh, prepared for. Yeah, yeah. She wrecked the car and uh, right. and really hurt her neck. And it was like 
he talks about it was like the biggest mistake not only as a director but in his life but you know you can't you can't make somebody drive a car that's not a stunt like it was an unnecessary shot too it was like from the back like there's no reason why she should have been driving that car so. and he mm-hmm. uh her stunt double is now in all of his movies he's just like she was in Django and chain she was in hateful eight you put her in speaking roles why can't you just use her as a stunt double as well yeah huh. that was a pretty good tarantino i'll give that five bags of popcorn <laughs> that was, uh, i was ripping the norm mcdonald tarantino and the that was like a Simpsons Tarantino. (laughs) (laughs) Just cribbing it from any Tarantino. Let's see. What have we got for track 13? This is the Statler Brothers with Flowers on the Wall. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. Now don't tell me I've nothing to do. Last night I dressed in tails, pretended I was on the town. As long as I can dream, it's hard to slow the swinger down. So please don't give a thought to me, I'm really doing fine. You can always find me here and having quite a time. Counting flowers on the wall, that don't bother me at all. Statler Brothers coming in hot. First appearance on track. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe the last. I think that they did some backup for uh, Johnny Cash at some point. Uh, One sounds, of those definitely yeah. sounds like it. Yeah, that Johnny was... J C Cash. <laughs> Johnny Johnny Cash Cash. Jonathan Taylor Johnny Cash. <laughs> this is uh, we just we already talked about the scene, but this is Butch Bruce Willis in the car uh, making his getaway, uh, <laughs> and then he runs into old Mr. Wallace getting donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, donuts. That's getting donuts. The donuts. <laughs> It's one of the most memorable songs from the movie to me. Yeah, because he's kind of singing along to it in the car. Just a good, the weird dashboard. song, too. Yeah. <laughs> goes, that low yeah, kangaroo note. Kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hit it? Can any of you guys hit the note? Well, kangaroo. No, I'm not. I can't. Kangaroo fry. Unless it's like, it's lower. It's lower. Keep trying. Rolling your eyes. Dude, Captain Kangaroo is creepy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show. It was like a children's show. It always Uh, creeped me out. I've never seen it. He dresses like a like a weird '70s sailor and like like a commodore or something. He's just he's an old guy with a big mustache. Yeah, I was like. Are we? Sp- why are kids supposed to like this? Yeah, it's really fucking gross. And it, it looks like the set from like Hundred Thousand Dollar Pyramid. Like it's a weird. <laughs> it's so bizarre, man. But I always thought um, the uh, speaking of kangaroos, I thought like a <laughs> creep. You know the <laughs> kangaroo Jack, Jack Nicholson, uh, Captain Kangaroo, uh, tie me kangaroo down. You ever heard that song? Mm-hmm. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Okay. Oh, it, well, no, no, it sounds like a private no. school thing. I don't no, know no, it it's not. It's an Australian song. Uh, but I always thought it was a really creepy song. Uh, anyway, they're like a bad guy. Chris, a bad guy should be listening to. Being both of us DFW children. Yeah. Did you watch Mr. DFW Peppermint? Mr. Peppermint. No. That was like the local. I've heard of him before. Kangaroo dude growing yeah. up. They're like all the kids watching. He wore like a one of those like barber shop quartet, like red and white pinstriped hats yeah. and oh, a matching jacket. Mm. I had a uh, Mr. Dress Up out of Vancouver, Mr. BC. Dress up? Yeah. 
What? It's so what weird. Are you, all what are you these, guys like, talking local, about? Well, like, it's like the, the regional. Like the, everybody yeah. had Mr. Mr. Rogers, Rogers but yeah. then there was the other I got to meet him when I was like eight, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. <laughs> I don't think we had that. <laughs> this made my life. <laughs> Mr. Peppermint. We just had Mr. Rogers. Uh, no, we it's, had it's that, but everyone had that. The Mr. Pibb of uh, children's shows. <laughs> <laughs> Write in, uh, <laughs> write in what, who your local yeah. Mr. Rogers was. Uh, we'd love to hear about it, and we'd love to find some YouTube clips of him. Mr. Peppermint, if you're out there. God bless you. God bless you. Let's uh, listen to track 14. This is John J.T. Travolta and Samuel S.L.J. Jackson with Personality Goes a Long Way. Want some bacon? No, man, I don't eat pork. Are you Jewish? No, I ain't Jewish. I just don't dig on swine, that's all. Why not? Pigs are filthy animals. I don't eat filthy animals. Yeah, but bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. Hey, sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'd never know because I wouldn't eat the filthy motherfuckers. Pigs sleep and root and shit. That's a filthy animal. I ain't eat nothing ain't got sense enough to disregard its own feces. How about a dog? Dog eats his own feces. I don't eat dog either. Yeah, but do you consider a dog to be a filthy animal? I wouldn't go so far as to call a dog filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But the dog's got personality. Personality goes a long way. Uh, so by that rationale, if a pig had a better personality, he'd cease to be a filthy animal. Is that true? Well, we have to be talking about one charming motherfucking pig. <laughs> I mean, he had to be ten times more charming than that arm on green acres, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's great dialogue. It's crazy to me to think how many times I listened to that dialogue over and over because I had this CD, and it's like burnt into my brain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way more familiar than anything anybody's told me. <laughs> well, like right. I, I remember like downloading quotes from uh, like the Big Lebowski and like this on on Napster and just like listening to it on my Winamp. Just <laughs> yeah, like, listening to I remember that scenes. too. Yeah. Even in a pre-Napster world, yeah. uh, just downloading movie clips and playing them through Winamp. Yeah. yeah and you would pick different audio. skins for the Winamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I, I will say, uh, speaking of like the dialogue in this movie, uh, it's to nerd out on improv right now. It's like watch this movie and you, you can be a good improviser. Because it's like two contract killers and they're not talking about like what they're going to do or like, you know, the, the biggest mistake in improv you do is they're like, we're loading these boxes and geez, I'm tired. And like, ah, <laughs> you know, because like people that are loading boxes don't talk about the fact that they're loading right. boxes. So like everyone in this movie is like they're on their way to do something else and like they're talking about you know, They're like, oh, we're in. early. Let's talk about the foot massage thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's oh, fucking the foot real massage life, you know? thing. Yeah. We didn't know. How do you guys feel? I want to know, you guys all being men, how you feel about foot massages. Do you think that it's an intimate thing that to do to a girl? I think that it, um, it just was the warning flare for the Tarantino foot thing that nobody saw. <laughs> foot fetish, yeah. But would like, you give? Would you like, give each other a foot massage? Well, we do that to warm up uh, before every episode. We do <laughs> like a we foot massage. Going, yeah. We like sit in a triangle. <laughs> it looks very cool. weird. Just like spread eagle in a triangle. A uh, friend of the pod, Van Hughes, has given me a foot rub. Has he really? Yeah. Okay. Um, he would. <laughs> uh, the, the foot thing, man. I watched in the in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There yeah, are some there's feet. There's a lot of feet. Right, of feet. right up there on the, on the big screen. <laughs> real money feed shots. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think, 
I think they, they explore it very well. You know what I mean? They're like, would you That's give a, a guy? valid question? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, and they're like, well, it's just a foot rub. It's not, you know, doing other stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't, I do believe it's like that guy knew what he was getting into. If you give, <laughs> if you give someone else's wife a, a foot rub, you're going to have at least a talking to after that. Or that guy's not going to. Or paralyzed. You know, yeah, or you're thrown out a window, <laughs> and then you have a speech impediment afterwards. <laughs> That'll take us right into track 15. This is The Lively Ones with Surfrider. What's that, surf rock? Yeah. <laughs> is that, is a little that, surf rock right there? Yeah, I, feel I think like I can I, recognize it now. I might be wrong, but I feel like I remember that it might be the end of the movie. It is. is that the, it's yeah. We're coming up on the end of the soundtrack. Oh. That was the last song that we're going to hear on the I soundtrack. I do respect when a soundtrack sequences, like, according to the movie. It's very nice. And on the... Chronology rules, man. We yeah. haven't been reading them, but the title to a lot of these says where it's in the movie. Oh, really? For the most part. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Oh, because there's, there's a lot of audio clips attached to the beginning of some tracks that we're not hitting, which is <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, you know, bring out the gimp. <laughs> and then, uh, can we play that, though? Just bring out the gimp. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> I think we need it. Well, let's. we can play this clip. Just when he's drumming on the uh, the gimp's head, that was a little foley art for you guys. That was when I was thirteen years old. That was the first gimp I'd ever seen. Gimp. Oh, again, again. The gimp sleeping. Well, I guess you just have to go wake him up now, won't you? Tequila. Oh, gimps. Oh, gimp. Well, my my whole deal was like, did that guy like? Like, did he clock in for the job as the gimp, or like, was he kept against his will, or like, yeah, I mean, like, I think about like the police officer that like had to tell the gimp's family, like, uh, your son has been murdered. Um, he turns was, out maybe he was being like, held captive. Un- We're not sure. Unclear what the deal was. He was wearing his work uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Knowing what we know now about a lot of these kind of uh, sadomasochistic relationships, the the gimp is usually like the person who is in their real life is uh, under a lot of stress and in control of a lot of stuff. And so they're looking for a release from control. Mm-hmm. So we're maybe this guy owned like the pawn shop or maybe the the apartment building. Yeah, he's like a CEO of <laughs> yeah. some company, and every once in a while he would show up to <laughs> maybe it was the a movie producer. Yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like guys. Uh, I can get changed in the box if you guys want, or I don't know. I, I don't have my game suit on right now. Yeah, you want me to suit up now? <laughs> okay, just let me know. <laughs> like, I got. I, I, I need a bottle of water, and then I'll be ready. <laughs> We are pulling into the last track on the soundtrack. This Aww. is Samuel Jackson delivering us Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish 
and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. And that's the soundtrack. <laughs> Murder. Murder. Thanks, Leslie. What a great pick. Thank you. Yeah. Thank All right, you. we got to review this thing before we move on to recommendations. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. Oh, I'll go. Okay, oh, Chris will go. go. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, this is an iconic soundtrack. It does exactly what soundtracks are supposed to do. You know, when you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that was that scene in the movie. It serves the film. Uh, Quentin Tarantino did it chronologically on the soundtrack itself. <laughs> he even puts... We appreciate that. Which yeah. we appreciate. <laughs> he uh, he puts stuff on there to like remind you of... like He knows what he's doing. He's a big... He came out with a big soundtrack uh, thing. I guess he was like, put a big playlist on Spotify or something. Get him on the pod. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's fantastic. I thought... Uh, 14.5. I think. Oh, Probably my okay. highest rating. Yes. Um, yeah, this is... Oh yeah, we're out it's, of fifteen stars. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zero to fifteen. Zero if you want to go that low, uh, so it's, it's hard for me to think about this um, kind of objectively because this is a soundtrack that I'm so familiar with. Mm-hmm. I owned, I listened to so much. Um, the Al Green song, the Dusty Springfield song, are two of my favorite songs of all time. Um, all the surf rock stuff is great. There is that one um, Melissa Etheridge <laughs> song that is a little bit of a dip for me. Oh, uh, so I am gonna give this a fourteen point seven. Woo! Yes. All right, Nikki, what do you got? I would say great film, great soundtrack. I'm not as crazy about the surf rock throughout the whole thing. Um, you know, it does do that. Well, you've never been to a beach. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. <laughs> Photos. It makes sense when you're on the beach. I don't Sir, know, man. Uh, do you surf, dude? <laughs> do you surf? Do so you even surf? Then, then you don't know. Okay. Yeah, if then you, know, you don't know. You just don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know, cool in the gang, Al Green, Dusty Springfield. Great. Uh overall, Miserloo. 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 Yeah. Uh overall I would give it a uh a twelve point eight. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Leslie. Do what, I review? Yeah, what do you yeah. think? Oh, whatever you I want. The best. Maybe I should give it a little less just to not be like call it perfect. You can call it perfect. Fourteen point five. Yeah. Hey. Hey. It's, it's so iconic to me that this is like the sound of my like starting to be a teenager. Yeah. And I just listen to it nonstop. Oh god, yeah. So it's hard to even review it as a soundtrack. It's like mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I read that this was Dusty Springfield's only platinum certified record. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. I think a lot of I think a lot of the musicians on here had like a huge bump and like I mean, cool, this, cool in the gang. Yeah, this helped uh, yeah, new. put him back on the map yeah. and Travolta back on the map. <laughs> JT <laughs> Travolta. <ruined it. laughs> All right. Well, before we go, we are going to add a song to the track listing Spotify playlist. And in honor of Pulp Fiction this week, we are adding our favorite killer song. 
uh, define it how you will. Who wants to add their song first? Uh, killer song. Sure. I have got the song uh, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People. Oh, nice. Which, you know, even with its kind of bubblegum sound is, you know, about a uh, uh, a kid who is going to, uh, like, shoot up his school. It's got, like, a dark undertone there. And, uh, yeah, let's have a listen. <laughs> Yeah, Mark Foster, the uh, the, fr- the front man for the band, um, had been troubled by school shootings and said that he wrote that to, uh, you know, imagine what it would like to be inside the uh, the head of a teenager who's uh, losing his mind. Mm. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's a but it does have like this kind of like pop. Yeah, he might have, he might have missed the tone. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, you know, I I, I do no, li- I like when songs song, yeah. do that when there's I, a, and a dichotomy or like mm-hmm. a juxtaposition. There, it's cool. Might as well jump. Jump! It's a song about suicide. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. But it's Mac super... the knife. It's like that, right? Oh, the shark bites, and it's like about murder. <laughs> <laughs> Get you swinging and singing. Yeah. Get you swinging. Um, I can go next. All right, Thank go you, ahead. Nick. That's a great pick. Yeah. Love the love fast for the people. Yeah. Um, this song is uh, you know, murder by UGK. Uh, this was uh, <coughs> this was off their '96 album "Riding Dirty," so let's hear a bit of a. There's a great little intro part to it that I wanted to include, so let's just start from the beginning. Fuck this motherfucker! He just got low, you know what I mean? Because we got to get out here. Ain't no place here for us, you know what I mean? But this motherfucker need a killer. This all. Oh man, I I love that song so much. And there's are they a Texas group? Yeah, they're out of Beaumont, Texas, okay. just outside yeah. of Houston. Shout out to Beaumont. Uh, yeah, close Bun- to my head. Yeah, yeah, Bun B and Pimp C. Yeah, I sound, yeah, I remember that. And, uh, rest in peace, Pimp C. Rest in peace, Pimp C. Everyone's the, dead. That we. All, I know. It's happening. All, well, there's all those like. My guy's going to be still alive. Is it? Okay. A little bit of a preview. There's all Mine's those dead. like uh, Houston area rappers that uh, got famous for writing songs about codeine cough syrup and then all oh, yeah. died mm. from drinking codeine cough syrup <laughs> oh, and you're like come on guys come on guys <laughs> chopped and screwed man yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Jo- the, the genre that nobody likes except for Houston <laughs> yeah man anyway uh, UGK I love that was off their third album Riding Dirty anyway great great song Bun B's got an awesome verse in that too but alright good pick Chris okay. um, so for my pick I it's funny when I was a kid I was obsessed with Conquistadors. It was just like, uh, 
As most kids are. It was like the I don't know. To me, it was the coolest <laughs> thing. Be. What? Because like yeah, I was I loved like knights and I loved like Indiana Jones and it was kind of a mixture of the two. It was like this idea of these knights like coming to like you know pyramids and whatever. Hunt for and the so it was like fountain of youth. There were all these. Um, you know, I would like memorize all the all the conquistadors and where they went and like look at pictures of the of the pyramids and stuff. And then. Uh, but it was like the, the education when you were a kid about like who these people were, it was just kind of the facts and it was like this glamorous thing. And then, you know, as you grow up and you start to realize how like monstrous these people were and all just like the terrible, you're like, wait, what? Like, why weren't people telling me anything about like, oh yeah, the context of like, the, like this, they just completely came in and like destroyed civilizations just to try to get some gold or whatever. Look, we come here on a mission of peace looking yeah. for slaves and gold. <laughs> it's just like, it's just fucking bizarre. But uh, so in 1975, one of my favorite artists, uh, Neil Young, I could, there's so many Neil Young songs that could apply to so many of our categories because he, he wrote about so many things. They're not just kind of like love songs or songs about the human condition in general. Uh, he did a song called Cortez the Killer. And it's, it's funny, like, especially in 1975, there's not much like context to history, I feel like, when it... And the idea of pop music or rock music as kind of historical document where there's more kind of truth in in the history in this song than there was in anything I grew up learning. So uh, this is my recommendation, Cortez the Killer. Neil Young's awesome. Young taking somebody else down, man. <laughs> Southern man. Yeah, man. He's uh, he's not afraid to take like a, a stand with his music. Yeah, still no, to this it's day. It's awesome. That's great. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I do have one. Well, it's from another one of my favorite albums from the same year that Pulp Fiction came out. So around the same time I was wearing that soundtrack out, I was also wearing this album out. It was the Nirvana Unplugged. Oh yeah. MTV mm-hmm. Unplugged album. And um, Kurt Cobain, the last song on this album of, of Unplugged, um, it's, ends up being the last song of the last record that he ever re- released or recorded before he died. And it's a cover of Lead Belly, who he said is like his favorite performer ever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Lead Belly called the song In the Pines, but Kurt Cobain called it Where Did You Sleep Last Night?
I remember recently uh, watching that entire unplugged performance because you usually only mm-hmm. see snippets of it, yeah. but man, it drags. They're just kind of <laughs> sitting there like smoking. He refuses to speak. Yeah, like, they're just kind of like, well, like... Um, all right, so uh, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> well, <laughs> do was, something. Were you telling me that uh, like they got Kiss to do one and they showed up with all their electric guitars? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. They were like, no, unplugged. <laughs> it's it's un- acoustic. Un- they were like, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't get the concept of unplugged. They're like, that was just like raw. You know what I mean? Like, We're bringing it raw. Yeah. And then uh, Eric Clapton like stormed off one of his MTV, his first oh, MTV the- unplugged. He like threw a shit fit and then just like left. That's amazing. And then they were like, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> and then he had to do a whole like separate one. They just brought in Dashboard Confessional. (laughs) 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 All right, Leslie, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank Um, you. Anything you want to plug to our listeners? Uh, My lesbian novels. Just kidding. No, don't listen to those. (laughs) Chris already listened to it on the break. Yeah, we got to play it. We got to play it. No, 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 no. Uh, check out Leslie McDonald. No, come visit me down in Austin, Texas. That's where I'm hanging out these days. Follow her on social media. Oh, yeah. Leslie McDonald on Twitter. Very active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming in. Thank yeah. you for... Thank uh, you. And then thank you for uh, Team Commandments for the intro music and the outro music. We love you guys. Love you. Love you. Thanks so much, Leslie. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Where it is? Whose pick is it? It is your pick. Oh, I think it's my pick. I've got a pick. All right. Stick with us. We love you. Good night. Thank you.